0: Chagig Adav Yud Tesam Alef 1 are on the first line, and we've just come out with a ruling that in order to purify oneself for chulin, to allow oneself to be able to eat chulin, one does not need to mikveh or wash one's hand with any explicit intent for purity. It works as long as one did the mikveh or one washed the hands, even without intent, it works. Um, whereas for the other levels, for ma'isa, truma, kodesh, one would definitely need to have intent when one is purifying oneself. The Gemara asks for a source for this ruling. Where do we know that chulin does not need intent? In other words, to become pure enough, to be able to eat chulin, one does not need to mikveh or wash with any specific intent. So we bring a Mishnah. It says, Now we're dealing with a certain scenario, if one could imagine, where a wave is brought up and the top of the wave disconnects and within that body of water, which is now disconnected from the ocean, it has forty saw, which is enough water for a mikvah, and it falls upon somebody standing on the coast or on the beach. So this gal, this wave, shenitlash, which disconnects from the body of water, Uboy arba'im Within it, there is the Shear for a kosher mikvah, forty saw, al ha'adam va'al and this wave falls on a guy, and it falls on his clothes or his utensils. Tehoirin, they are considered pure. Him and the utensils are pure. Now, we're assuming that he had no intent. Why? Because from the fact that the, the brisa juxtaposes the human being with the utensils must be there's some similarity. Just as utensils had no intent because they are inanimate objects, so we can assume also that the man had no intent. And yet we see that he becomes pure. So there's our source for um, purity, even though there is no intent. Says the Gemara, how do you know that? Maybe we're dealing with a case where a guy is sitting on the beach, and he's waiting, when will a wave come along and disconnect from the body of water and purify me? So maybe he did have intent. And then the juxtaposition between him and the utensils is to tell us that ma just as the man had intent, so to the utensils needed intent. How do the utensils have intent? Means that the man has to have intent that the utensils become pure. So we could be actually learning out the exact opposite from this case. That in fact, not only man, but even utensils need intent to uh, become, uh, become pure. And if you're going to say, well, that doesn't really make sense, because if the whole case is where the man was sitting with intent, then what's the Chiddush? Why do we need a Mishnah to teach us this? It's apparently, it's obvious. Says the Gemara, it's not so obvious. Because you would have thought, because this case very closely resembles A a case where water, rainwater, is rushing down the side of a mountain, that's called the Chardalis Shel Geshamim, uh, a torrent of rainwater. So you might have thought that just as it, just as by the torrent of water, it doesn't help to have a mikveh in it; it doesn't purify you. So you might have thought to make a gezera, to make a decree that even the disconnected wave should not purify you, because they resemble. Uh, one another quite closely one should have made a, a, a rabbinical enactment to prohibit somebody from um, mikvahing in that uh, disconnected gal so or inami, or alternatively, nigzorisha in atokipin, or maybe we should have made a gezeira that one shouldn't have a mikvah in a disconnected wave, because even though the disconnected wave, when it lands on you, that body of water is now connected to the earth, so therefore it's technically speaking a kosher mikvah. But you might have thought then that you could throw up the utensils into the air before that body of water has landed, and therefore you'll be mikvahing in a suspended body of water, or at least the utensils will be mikvahed in a suspended body of water, and that doesn't work. The, the body of water, the arboim saw, has to be connected to the ground. So you might have thought, for either one of those reasons, you should have disallowed somebody from being able to mikvah in the disconnected wave. de And that's why the Mishnah came along to tell us that in fact no gazera was made, and one can still do that. Just parenthetically, we ask a question: Temra, de lomatibilim bekipin. How do we know that one is not allowed to mikvah in the uh, the suspended wave? The as it says, The Brayse the tells us that one can mikveh in the head of the wave, once it's disconnected and now attached to the earth, but you're not allowed to, u- to mikveh in the arch of the wave because it's considered suspended. Because you're not allowed to mikvah in the air, meaning... It has to be connected to the ground. It can't be suspended. And the reason why one cannot mikveh in the Khardalis shal gashamim is because it's so steep. Um, we don't view that our saw as one uh, joined body of water. Rather, we view it as a sort of series of disconnected pieces of water. And therefore, you don't have the shear for a kosher mikveh. So as a summary, at this point, we wanted to bring a proof from that case of the wave. Uh, apparently, the simple way of understanding it was that there was no intention. That would be a good proof for us. Um, but we knocked that out by saying it could very well be that the person did have intent for the wave. And the Chiddush is is that we didn't make a gezerah against such a mikvah. Rather, we're going to have to find our proof from a different Mishnah. The Mishnah says, If you got fruits which fell into a body of water, and somebody whose hands were tame, stuck his hands in the water to bring out these fruits, His hands become tahar, and the fruits are not rendered susceptible for tumor. The law is, is that in order for a food to become susceptible for tumor, there has to be a liquid conductor. It has to become wet. Now this uh, wetness has to be with the approval of the owner of the fruits. If the wetness was with the disapproval or without the approval of the owner, then it doesn't become susceptible to tumma. So if you wash the fruit in the in sink, you want the, the, the fruits to be wet, so then they become susceptible to tumma. That's what means, that it became wet with the approval of the owner. So since this, these fruits just fell in the water, the owner never really wanted to get them wet, so therefore they are are not susceptible to Tumur. But what we do see is, is that even though the intention of this person was to stick his hands in the water, merely to pull the fruits out, nevertheless, they became Tahar. And if it was so that he would wash them, then wash the fruits, then Yodov, uh, that he would wash his hands, so then his hands would become tahor again, and the fruits would be susceptible to Tuma. They would fulfill the criteria of Chiyutan. So we see from that case that even though he had no intent, his hands become pure. So Rabbi asked a question to Rav Nachman. He says, our Mishnah told us that if somebody has a mikvah, in order to become pure enough to be able to eat chulin, and he had intent for the chulen, for the he is not allowed, He's not pure enough to eat on the level of miser. Says the, so the Gemara infers from this, that he has to have had intent to become pure for chulin. But if he didn't have that intent, then it's no good, which is a contradiction to what we've just said. We've been saying up until now that for person a person does not need any intent. From our Mishnah, it's apparent that a person does need intent. Says the Gemara as an answer, no. This is what the Mishnah means. It means even if he did have intent for chulin. In other words, he didn't need to have intent to purify himself for the chulen. He could have just fallen in the mikvah and he would be good enough to eat chulin. But even if he did have intent, and his intent was only for chulin, then he cannot eat maiseh. So the Gemara asked a question, Tovel v'lo huchzak. Our Mishnah also said that if a person has a mikvah and he doesn't have any intent, Ki lo tovel. It's as if he didn't mikveh at all. My love, does this not mean that it means he didn't ha- it's as if he didn't make for at all, in which case he wouldn't even be allowed to eat chulin, which is again a disproof because it sounds like now one has to have intent in order to purify himself for chulin? Says the Gemara, no, that's not what it means. It means it's as if he didn't make for for my sir. But it would be enough. For him to eat chulen. His mikveh, even without intent, was good enough for chulen. So, who sover, dochi ka So, he thought that this was just a, a very pressed answer, just trying to get out of the issue, and it wasn't really a very good answer. But, Napak, so he went out, dock for ashkach, and he investigated the matter, and he found to Sanya that there was a brisa which said exactly this. And this qualifies our, our Mishnah a lot. If somebody had a mikvah, but he had absolutely no intent while he was having this mikvah for purity. The intent is critical for Maisar, so therefore he's not pure enough to eat maiser. but the intent or the lack thereof is not a problem for chulin. So to summarize, we wanted to bring a proof that... Um, for chulin, one does not need to have any intent of purity, and we finally found a case of the fruits that fell into the, into the water. We see clearly that no intent is required in order for his hands to become pure enough to eat Chulimah. Uh, uh, sorry, chulin uh, and our Mishnah, which seemed to disprove that, we answered that up by saying that 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 our Mishnah requires intent, that's only to be pure enough to be on the level to eat Maisa and above, whereas chulin would not need any intent in the mikveh at all.